Hello everyone. This week on New Narrative, we have a wonderful comic on the 1963 Malaysia Agreement and why Sabah and Sarawak are fighting to restore their equal status to the former Federation of Malaya within Malaysia. The comic is written by Sabahan Vilasomia and drawn by Sarawakian Timothy James and is translated into Bahasa Malaysia Melayu, Bahasa Iban, Chinese and Dusun. I am so glad that we are able to share this comic with you and it is awesome. Please do check it out. We've also got an article on race and racism in Brunei in the context of the global Black Lives Matter movement. As always, if you like our work, please do join us at newnarrative.com join or donate at newnarrative.com donate. In today's episode, the first of a mini-series where we are going to be interviewing younger activists who are making a big difference to Singapore in ways which might not be very obvious but are deep and fundamentally important. You know, young activists amaze me. They are unburdened by a lot of the ideology and historical baggage that us older folk carry. And so they're able to grasp and imagine a breadth of possibility that we are simply unable to. And they can do so without the fears that hold us back or many of the assumptions that us older minds are trapped by. And if we in Singapore are going to be able to successfully challenge and reform the increasingly outmoded and harmful ideological frameworks which dominate our lives, like neoliberal capitalism or illiberal democracy or toxic nationalism, for example, it is going to have to come from young minds who are unfettered by the past. Loon Lo is a trans woman, a co-founder of Students for a Safer NUS, a member of Tea Freedom, and executive director of Trans NUS. She talks to us today about her activism, her life as a trans woman in Singapore, and particularly during national service, and the recent kerfuffle about an educational event on bondage and rope play organized by T Freedom at NUS, which was accused by people outside the university of promoting immorality. This podcast is a collaboration with Wake Up Singapore and is co-hosted by Sean Francis Hahn, Wake Up Singapore's Editor-in-Chief. Enjoy! Hello everyone and welcome back to Political Agenda with me, PJ Thumb. And co-hosting this week is uh, our good friend, Sean Francis Hahn, Editor-in-Chief of Wake Up Singapore. Hello, Sean. Hi, I'm How good you doing to be today? Right. Yeah, I'm good and I'm quite excited to get this uh, interview going. We've Fantastic. got one of the most like prolific, big, young activists here. <laughs> Just involved with so many things. Um, yeah, I'm quite, I'm quite keen to get this uh, show on the road. Let's, let's do this. Yes, and <clears throat> joining us today as our guest, uh, activist and generally all around awesome person, Loon Lo. Welcome to hello. the show, Loon. Hello, 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 people. <laughs> I'm very, very anxious and um, Oh, no, no, nervous, relax, relax, relax. But also, like, I, I mean, Sean said I was prolific and I was like, wow, am I prolific? That's, that's crazy. <laughs> like, I, I don't feel like I'm prolific, you know? But, okay, well, yeah. so, for our audience mm. then why don't you tell us about yourself who are you yeah so my name is Loon um, I mean normally I introduce myself by like university stuff so like I am currently studying in the National University of Singapore I'm an undergraduate I I'm in my third year at the moment and I'm doing a double major in English literature and philosophy yeah so um, and I use she her they them pronouns mm -hmm. yeah and 
yeah, like, please do not use he, him on me. Like, I'm, I'll get very angry yeah. and very unreasonable. Yeah, for a good reason. Yes. Yeah. Right, unreasonable for a good reason. Okay. Um, and, and also, tell us a bit about your activism. Oh, that's a lot to say, right? Like, um, we got plenty of time. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I'm in, yeah, I'm in, like, these org- organizations in NUS, and mm-hmm. many of them are not actually official, or they have very different sort of statuses in mm-hmm. NUS. Like, I'm in this thing called Trans NUS, or we abbreviate it to Transness. I'm in Students for Safer NUS as well, mm-hmm. and we abbreviate that to Safeness. And I'm also in Tea Freedom, yeah, mm-hmm. which is um, a gender advocacy group that is part of um, Tembusu College and has a very complicated history in terms of administration and and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You don't so I think f- the yeah. question that jumps out right now is that you're you're doing a ton of work in activism, ton of work with the literary scene, and mm. you're a third year student in NUS. Where do you find the time? <laughs> I'm, I'm genuinely wondering because right, I'm looking at this how do you squeeze all of this into your timetable that's a very good question because I don't <laughs> like like I mean okay I mean my I mean like I plan my studies by like literally just be like okay I have this seminar or lecture on this day and like basically like like tomorrow like and like I'm just going to study all the readings today okay. so that's how I live my my, start, my, my academic life um, do you at, sleep does that uh, yeah I sleep <laughs> um, but I and this is also from like my my, my NS days like mm-hmm. I I'm pretty much sleep in the morning in like the wee hours of the morning like mm-hmm. usually 3 plus 4 a.m. sometimes like a lot of times 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. yeah and I live like a couple of hours ahead or behind I, I can't tell Mm-hmm. Like is it, is it a hit? Okay, like like yeah, like normal people. Like most people sleep at like ten or twelve or something, and I basically sleep later. How do you pick up these sleeping habits from NS though? It doesn't NS make you sleep at a <sighs> yeah, schedule regimented time? Yeah. schedule ten p.m. whatever. Yeah, because NS because like I was like a security trooper and and NS right, so mm-hmm. like. I had to do guard duty and guard duty oh, is all hours okay. and it's regimented uh, all hours. Bless your soul. I've heard that that sucks. <laughs> so basically, I like even before that, like mm-hmm. I, I slept at like, like, like late timings, mm-hmm. but like that kind of like, like hit the nail into the coffin mm-hmm. for my sleep cycle. Like I, I absolutely live like but, but, but speaking yeah. of NS, right? Mm. So as an individual with, you know, a non-heteronormative, heterosexual mm-hmm. uh, identity, oh, yes. what is it like passing through those those doors the gates of NS I mean it's, <clears throat> it's, it's a kind of torture alright <laughs> like like it's definitely torture because you know you're just surrounded by by boys men I don't know like basically like uh, it's I mean and of course these are complex people mm-hmm. like but but you know like a lot of times the, their misogyny gets the better of them mm-hmm. and and it just sucks for me like, because like I that ends that ends up in me being getting sexually harassed mm-hmm. like or like like whether verbally or physically okay like, and i'm gonna assume yeah. there aren't really the avenues in ns for you to get help or to call this stuff out not uh-huh. really no not okay. really like like how i got through ns was really just to like i tried my best to get through it and mm-hmm. I made use of the the kind of like sorry had had you yeah. transitioned by that point? What, um, what was your okay, so status? Like when I was 
Yeah. So like when I was seventeen, like I I was, I I had this crisis and I was like, okay, like I guess I'm, <laughs> I guess I'm a trans woman now. <laughs> like like that's a long story short. Yeah. Um. So that was when I was seventeen. So by the time I entered NS when I was nineteen, like I already knew that. I mean, and I was like going to events like, in like in like makeup and a wig and and dressing up pretty nicely in general i hope uh, but but yeah so i was like kind of like semi um well, that that word eludes me um like semi sort of transitioned socially transitioned yeah mm. like by 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 the time i entered ns and ns helped me in my social transition actually mm-hmm. because i aside from odd hours right like i do have eight to five schedules and on those days where i have eight to five schedules i basically go out in the night and I go out to the open mics. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I use that. I basically use that time to go out to the open mics and and have fun, like, basically. You know, have a drink and meet my friends. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, they all coincided with each other. Like, my entrance into the literary scene and, like, NS. Like, it's, like, it happened at the same time. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, did you just was NS just a uh, a period of you like toughing it up, just taking all the bad stuff that came in? Are there any avenues? I mean, that I tried one, to take all I'm, the Because I'm bad thinking stuff. for like viewers or listeners who mm. who may be at that age, going into NS or going into institutions mm. that are military in nature. Are there any? Is there any advice that you could give? This is a very <laughs> unique position to be in or have been in. Right? Is there anything that you would say to a viewer out there who's like? Oh my god! I'm transitioning and I'm going in, and this is going to be hell. I mean, how do I deal with this? There are many ways, like mm-hmm. like, and this really depends on the context for mm-hmm. people. Like like, some people are in families, but that don't accept them, so a lot of things might not apply. But for those who, where their families accept them, they usually can get like, you know, um, a sort of medical certification from IMH that to certify that you know they're not fit because of like gender dysphoria or something that mm-hmm. they're not fit to serve, and they. They just get what we call. I mean, they just get passed death immediately, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Some of us, like me, we, 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 we were scared to do that, mm-hmm. and or we didn't have the means to do that, and so we basically just go through it, and we have to swallow our pride and and we have to suffer. Um. I mean, I would say that you know the SAF hotline was one of the most <laughs> useful. <laughs> because I, I was having a really bad time mm-hmm. at a certain point and and like and like um well well when you call the SF hotline it goes straight to your commanding officer wait, wait how wait so do we do should we should you call the hotline or no yes call it or at least or at least get someone to call it for you like okay. a parent you know mm-hmm. like um yeah and and the news will just go straight to the top so so and and once that happens, like, and they know that you're in trouble, then, okay, they right. So, so by by CEO, you mean CEO of the whole unit, yeah, 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 not not yeah, just yeah. your platoon or whatever, but yeah, CEO yeah, it's the, the whole, it's the whole, yeah, the whole right, battalion. Right. Okay, okay, so go straight to the top, and they can take action. Yeah, oh, that's good. So, okay. so that's kind of how I had a better life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just but knowing I still that there, you know. Yeah. Okay. But um, but of course, there are many people like me who also just get this I get the IMH certification mm-hmm. after we leave and like I mean I was going back for IPPT and I was like like after my first IPPT like post NS like I I told myself I do not want to go through this ever again like mm-hmm. I hate it like it's giving me so much stress just thinking about IPPT I'm not doing anything else mm-hmm. like, but it's, it's just IPPT but it stresses me out mm-hmm. so I mean I, I went to get it yeah mm-hmm. and of course like 
the rumors and NS is always like, oh, you know, you're, you'll be filed under category 302 or something. And, you know, um, there'll be problems in terms of like your work. But honestly, what I realize is that you only have problems be- with work, not because you are by policy blacklisted or something, mm-hmm. but by your social position, by your intersectional position, mm. you are fucked. Anyway, <laughs> so that is where it's coming from. It's not because there's an actual policy that is blacklisting you from doing things like marriage or that sort of thing. Like they're telling me, oh, you can't marry. And I'm like, right. I mean, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, les- I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a lesbian trans woman, right? So I'm like, of course I can't marry. Like, I mean, I can marry. I can marry, but I can't marry like in like a gay marriage kind of way. Mm. Yeah, you know. So, <laughs> so that, that's the, that's what I realized. Like, it's it's really not a blacklisting. It's just. That very because of your intersectional position, you are you are pushed into that sort of precarity. So you're saying basically because it's it's more because you don't fit into the neat boxes that the government wants us to fit into yeah. that you get a lot of problems rather than yeah. because you uh, passive are, right? are well not not, like not it's not inherent that, that in who you are but the yeah. fact that you don't conform to their expectations yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's not because they actually put it in policy that oh we're gonna you're gonna prevent yeah. this person from working it's, it's really just like you know someone you look someone mm-hmm. like an, an employer looks at a trans person and like do i like i don't think i want to hire you and mm. yeah it's like just societal stuff basically right. it's, yeah right. it's, it's not like a direct policy thing that's very interesting that's a very interesting observation because it's something uh, i've made previously on the show that uh, our government really loves to put us in boxes and if you fit mm. very naturally into those boxes and are happy to be in those boxes life actually goes pretty smoothly for you right it can, because it can. You, if, yeah. as long as you conform but of course, there are so many of us and an mm. increasing number of us who don't fit into those boxes, oh, whether course, it's because yes. we're products of an interracial mm. or international, mm. in, you know, inter-citizenship marriage mm-hmm. or because of our identities just different in various ways. And, and as citizens and mm. as human beings, we deserve to be treated with dignity and respect. But we have a system which actually... Um, this incentivizes falling outside of the boxes oh, by yeah, making this is life incentivizes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And it's, it's it's precisely that structure that this incentivizes. It's not that there's an actual, like like you know policy that is yeah like it's it's just structure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's well at least that's good to know that it's not personal. Yeah, it's not a personal <laughs> thing. It's not like the organization yeah. black like SAF like black mark you or anything. It's yeah. it's by the nature of the structure you are fucked. Mm. Right. Anyway, so. Coming back to your personal life, like, how has your experience in activism been? Have your family and friends been supportive? What are sort of the ups and downs that you faced in your journey? Mm, so that's the thing, right? Like, um, like I, I won't say my family is extremely supportive. Mm. Like, I don't actually know what they think on it, but they just let me do the, like, whatever I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm, I'm actually in the quite a privileged position like I can do a lot of things mm-hmm. and and this has got to do with like my own family situation like like my mom is a single parent and like life under my father was a hierarchical one mm-hmm. and and life after him was basically not <laughs> like mm-hmm. everything became flat me and my mom became a lot better friends and had a much deeper relationship after my father left and that the same goes with my elder sister and my brother-in-law who mm. is her husband mm. so 
so that's the thing like um so generally like but but also like i mean i only i i live alone with my mom mm-hmm. so like and it's really just the two of us and like i i mean i know my sister and my brother-in-law knows what i'm, what I'm doing but they don't prevent me from doing it you know mm-hmm. but i wouldn't say that they are highly encouraging or supportive mm-hmm. they're more like concerned mm-hmm. and like that i might run into something so so yeah right now mm. you're involved with a lot of projects right mm. but uh what's what's the long-term plan here because i think at some point you know you're going to get a job um and your time is going to be taken up by that um do mm. you see yourself continuing with activism uh in the long run um are you going to maybe just just kind of dedicate yourself to one organization one cause how how do you see things panning out from here there are a lot of possibilities mm-hmm. and the only thing on my mind now is really just grad school okay <laughs> and whether i can even go to grad school like because for me activism is a natural thing mm-hmm. by my position mm-hmm. i am pretty much like bound by activism mm-hmm. and what kind of activism whether i'll restrict myself to a organization um hard to say like 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 i mean being in school and like reaching my hands out to many things like i would i'm very <laughs> yeah like i i i i mean it's very tiring but but i feel like i would probably continue to do the, doing the same mm-hmm. like and i would reach my hands out into all kinds of groups and, and there are a lot of exciting things that are happening you know mm-hmm. like like um yeah, there's sg climate rally who 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 needs people um I mean, even in Students for Safer NUS, uh, I have no idea whether this is meant to be a low-key thing, mm-hmm. but there are talks about what we call like a coalition mm. in NUS, right? And I mean, I might not be, I might, I mean, I'll probably graduate before that even happens, but it doesn't mean I can't help out in some way or, or, or that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, you know, and we probably don't just need to have like coalitions within NUS we need coalitions outside NUS and there's so much work that can be done mm-hmm. and and not to mention I feel like there is a burgeoning left mm-hmm. that is coming out in the next dec- couple of decades like mm-hmm. the left is very 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 slowly too slowly reviving mm-hmm. and starting to to to, to set up mm-hmm. and, and this left will be very very different from from I mean Singapore is an old left now right mm-hmm. <laughs> the old left of the 60s and 70s mm-hmm. yeah like like i see myself possibly going into that direction okay yeah and um, i mean you know the the elephant in the room here is of course the tea freedom saga <laughs> uh, that's a big that's a big example of pushback that just literally just happened so can you talk a bit about that like how has that been for you that like the whole tea freedom thing i mean that and then just in general the kind of pushback that you get from uh, being an activist putting yourself out there putting your work out there you know I mean I would say there's a pushback but there are lots of problems in the community mm-hmm. and and it's it is it gets frustrating that you know um, the LGBT community in Singapore we are actually at the stage where we can begin to envision even more we can begin to envision political action mm-hmm. like this is what I said in like um, you know PJ Tham's uh, like democracy classrooms like I feel like we are actually ready to begin on a much greater scale of political action than what we are already used to mm-hmm. but at the moment and of course this is 
the nuanced thing and a complex thing. Like many LGBT communities in Singapore, LGBTQIA plus communities in Singapore are still very much support-based community groups. And mm-hmm. we need that. Mm-hmm. We need that. But but it has been a very comfortable zone for these these heady years of LGBTQIA plus activism in Singapore. Like, like I mean, it has mostly kind of risen in the past decade. Mm-hmm. And it has kind of settled into that com- comfortable kind of position where, you know, oh, we just have communities that support the mm-hmm. community. Like, the community supports itself. But nothing more than that, mm-hmm. you know. Like, and of course, with the nature of political discourse, it's hard as well because, you know, you have many kinds of LGBT people who have different kind of political opinions and 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 of course, when you're on a, like a Discord server or like a Telegram group, you know these things are usually the ones that get banned or oh des- get banned. Like I mean, maybe not get banned, but like you know, it's it's a restricted thing. It's it's a highly restricted kind of thing. Like you don't want people to argue with each other mm. and and fall out with each other because this happens a lot. Okay. And especially looking at the Reddit mm-hmm. subreddits and all over the world and like Discord communities all over the world mm-hmm. um, yeah like you have that happening a lot a lot a lot mm-hmm. so and and that's that's where like it becomes a problem uh, like you know like how can political action even start if the discourse is restricted mm-hmm. kind of restricted for like community sort of like safety and yeah so speaking of many, restricted yeah. discourse Right, <laughs> you know what I'm like saddling up yes, to, I, right? I know, which is, I know, I so know. so take us to that. It's a very confusing, bizarre, and I think agitating situation. What happened? What on earth happened? So if it, people know what T three, what the T freedom saga is about, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, that's the thing. Like I I found it really frustrating because no one actually knows how T freedom operates operates, mm-hmm. much less how like our advocacy wing which is called let's talk about sex operates mm-hmm. like like the conservatives like make a big hoo-ha but they don't actually know how we operate as a kind of community within Tembusu College right nothing new right and, yeah right <laughs> but like but also like like um, and that's the thing like the relationship of these groups to NUS is also very complicated mm-hmm. like we are part of the college and under the college students committee but it's not a direct kind of uh, management under the university and I don't know the details for that but basically we are not directly managed by the university mm-hmm. and there's a, a huge level where the college is pretty much managing us mm-hmm. more more than the university managers yeah, yeah. Tea Freedom so Tea Freedom is one of the many gender and advocacy groups within uh, U-Town University mm-hmm. Town in NUS um University Town is a nice, wonderful space with a big grass patch where people play frisbee. Oh, love <laughs> yeah. it. And there's a bunch of residential colleges, what mm-hmm. we call residential colleges. And all, most of these residential colleges have a gender and advocacy kind of community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so what, what, what happened here? Because I was under the impression that, you know, it was a closed door talk on BDSM mm. or, or, or rope. Play. I'm not super familiar role on play, BDSM. I guess. Role role play. Play. Yeah. Um, and it was going to be held online. It was going to be a discussion held on Zoom. Yes, that's the thing. Why right? would anyone care? Like, just not go for it, right? It's not like it was a BDSM parade in yeah. like, U-Town. And, and that's the thing. Like, <laughs> like, um, like, you really have to take the time <laughs> and the effort to sign up for it and then show up if you wanted to be exposed to it. Yes. So what right. was the outrage about? What happened? I don't understand. 
Honestly, I have no idea because like, <laughs> like I woke up one afternoon okay. at like 12 and I looked at my messages and suddenly everyone was texting me and all these people who were texting me were from the Tea Freedom Committee, which I'm in. Mm-hmm. So the complicated thing about Tea Freedom is that um, unlike the other groups, uh, we split ourselves into four subgroups mm-hmm. or what we call advocacy wings. And so I am the co-head and head of two of the wings. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, they are called Spectrum and Femme. One mm-hmm. is more on like public-facing kind of gender uh, education mm-hmm. and advocacy. Um, so we invite people to talk about stuff. You know, we have invited Teresa Go and Rachel Rachel Go <laughs> from yeah from Inter Uni University LGBT Network. Yeah, and FEM is like the kind of like the feminist educational wing. The, mm-hmm. Yeah, the feminist educational wing where we also kind of do the same. We invite people, we have debates mm-hmm. about these things. Mm-hmm. And then we have one more called Safe Word, which is pretty much a queer exclusive safe space. So it's really just a place for like Tembusu College queers to hang out with each other. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very wholesome. I mean, I'm, I'm in it. So this and, very dispersed group yeah, and, um, and sorry, the, the last group is mm-hmm. the group in question, which is Let's Talk About Sex, okay. which is meant to be a closed door, safe space discussion yeah. for for week, weekly spa- safe space discussion for students in the college mm-hmm. only. Yeah. Like, there's no reason why. It's not actually open to, like, even the NUS public. Yeah. So it's really mostly just a college. I mean, you can bring your friend from elsewhere, but... But, you know, it's really just more... It's like, like you'd have to really take the time and effort to get yourself exposed to it, right? Yeah, like, like uh, uh, unless it's like you have a very close friend who's inside mm-hmm. and, and and your close friend also wants to join. Uh, usually yeah. we have, like, the partners of, yeah. of people who to, to come into our sessions mm-hmm. who might not be in the US. Yeah. But that's because, you know, we trust them and they trust us as well. So mm-hmm. it's by that kind of, like, 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 Association, like yeah. sort of like very intimate association. So, so why did this event get picked on? I'm gonna suppose that there were a lot of events that were of a sexual nature. Why this one? The strongest hypothesis is that we had an infiltrator, <laughs> and um, and why this is so strange because, okay, so most like usually when school starts, um, yeah, like all your all your your CCAs within the college will have like you know, a kind of event to showcase that they exist and for new students to join in. Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing, like most of the time, like we have, we have circulated, like we circulate like our Telegram invite links, right? Um, and it's usually within the college. Like, I mean, there's no reason why you would share it outside. Like, like, like it's, 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 it's basically the contextual thing about the invite link is that, you know, you are a student of a college and if you want to join it, you join it. Yeah. And there's absolutely no reason why you should share it outside. You can, but but like this is for like this is like Tembusu CCA. Mm-hmm. You know, you know so so it's like so I mean T Freedom also had a bunch of links, uh, invite links for each of the subgroups in T Freedom. Mm-hmm. And and so somehow these invite links were kind of shared outside. Mm-hmm. Okay, but Another hypothesis is that it was shared outside because we do have, like, we have a college students committee, right? And they kind of did publicize our links on, like, all the group's links on, like, Instagram. 
but it's not like a very big publicized thing. I mean, you have to know that their Instagram exists. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, like you, you basically wouldn't know any of these groups unless you were within the college. Mm. And, and all these links are just sh- shared knowledge within the college. Mm. So, but somehow there was an infiltrator. Lah. Someone mm. had to put in genuine effort into finding all this out. Yes. And making a big fuss out of it. Yes. And this information is literally not meant for them. Yeah. Like, and, and, they're, they're not students. Right. And, and one of the things about the, the public discourse from these, I guess, conservative groups is, um, you know, on the one hand, you hear, oh, students today, you know, mm. they're politically apathetic. They don't want to do anything. They only care about getting a job. You know, they uh, just want to study hard, get good grades. You know, it's not like the past, right? Don't get involved. They're leaders of the future. Why don't they act like it? And then you you actually do something that's uh, maybe a bit different, more daring, more edgy politically or, uh, you know, in some other way where mm. you're trying to... And in this case purely an educational event mm. and people are like oh our young children they're so fragile you know they're, they're so sensitive you mustn't expose them to this, this horrible <laughs> knowledge will corrupt their minds that's not what they're going to university for you know well, we can't have this sort of thing mm. and, and this, 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 it's, it's this horrible hypocrisy right and, and, and the idea that other mm. people can police your lives mm-hmm. is, is just very very Disgusting. I mean, the only argument I can think of how they want to police us is because, well, many people, um, university fees are being paid by the parents, lah. But even then, like, this is not their space. Yeah. Like, you might pay the fees, but it's not your space. You know, it's not your space to intrude. It's you're not even a student of the college, yeah. and and clearly this space is also not meant for you. Like, like it's unless you are actually interested somehow. But you know, but even then, you're not a student. Yeah. So so yeah, like. What? I mean, I, the, the, the thing that comes to my head is that it's happening, right? Like, people are going to do it. People are, there are people who are interested in it or getting interested in it at that mm. age. And if you're going to hear about it from people who do it with an emphasis on consent and safety, then I think as a parent, I would be like, yeah, you know, it's, I, I can't just close my eyes and say, oh, there's no way that my kid's ever going to be into this stuff. I, I would be like, yeah, it's happening, right? It's something that... Uh, you know, isn't it good for the kids? Honestly, it do be like that, and <laughs> and it's good because we had years of sex ed that was harrowing. Like like it's it, it, they don't do anything for us. They don't teach us contraception. They don't teach us safe sex. They don't teach us consent. They don't teach us boundaries. Yeah, I mean, it's not like we're. Yeah. It's not like you know you're sort of coming out and saying that everybody should be into BDSM or you're not saying everybody. You know that. Uh, you're not even promoting like an Precisely. LGBT agenda. You're just saying, you know what? People are doing this. Let's make sure you do it safely because, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah precisely. Precisely that. <laughs> and I mean, okay. I mean, I can explain the nature of what LTS actually does on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So it's really just closed door discussion sessions, which have a, there's a weekly topic. Mm-hmm. And people in the group, in the Telegram group would agree on the weekly topic. Mm-hmm. And of course, the, I mean, the weekly topics can be about masturbation it can be about maybe things like sex toys or maybe dating apps Mm -hmm. but also a lot of stuff about relationships Mm -hmm. yeah and in general wow that sounds great i wish i had that when i was in university right right like honestly it's like one of like my safer spaces within the college because like 
there are plenty of unsafe spaces like you know oh, yeah. there's a house system and stuff like that and that isn't necessarily safe I mean NUS in general in the news has proved itself to be a completely yeah, unsafe like, space as a, as, a, as, a, as a trans person in, yeah. in Tembusu mm-hmm. right like I don't necessarily feel safe in these these kind of like communities like house communities mm-hmm. or certain CCAs as well and LTS is one of the safest in the college if not the safest mm-hmm. to talk about so many things so so it's just weekly session and then everyone agrees on the topic and then and the guidelines are actually very strict mm-hmm. you cannot be late <laughs> for, <What>? for, <laughs> yeah you cannot be late for the event if you are late for the event you, they like basically the doors will not be open to you wow like, you, I mean it used to be in a physical <laughs> space it used to be in a physical space oh. like, like is there a reason for that like why why, why the strictness there? like 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 so that no information gets out of that oh, time slot okay okay of that very specific time mm-hmm. slot yeah so you can't leave early and basically, literally, you have to hold your bladder if, if you didn't clear it. Okay. Yeah, wow. because you can't leave halfway either. Like, like, so that, you know, the information is kept within that very space itself. And that there's no one leaving halfway and, like, you know, having that information halfway. Right. So, so... Right, right. They do say uh, uh, someone who's half trained at something is more dangerous than someone who's ignorant of it. Yeah. So that makes mm. sense. Yeah. And, of course, this is done by student facilitators. But our student facilitators have our have their own guidelines, lah. Like they have. There's like a check in kind of culture going on, right. like check in and check out. So like everyone like, and you're not obliged to check in as well. Like in fact, you're not even obliged to speak in the session. Hmm. Like anyone can speak if they want to. There's no pressure, and it's really meant to be as safe as possible. There's a encouragement of like using gender neutral pronouns. Mm-hmm there is like and like gender neutral nouns like partner and of course anonymity as well so like you know when you are talking about your lived experiences whether it's your relationships or whether it's regarding sex you you kind of anonymize it and Mm. via gender pronouns using they them pronouns using and these are the guidelines Mm -hmm. you know and and of course there is also like content warnings like people encourage each other to use content warnings Mm -hmm. and yeah, and most of the discuss the discourse that goes on in there is lived experiences, right? Is intellect semi intellectual discussions, mm-hmm. yeah, and like ponderings and contemplation, and but also people having having a really good time talking to each other. Mm. Yeah, it, it sounds it just it sounds incredibly regulated. That's the that's the word that you know, uh, controlled, regulated, safe. These are the things that, that are really jumping out at me and quite the, the opposite thing. of how it's been publicly portrayed and in some ways more regulated mm. than, you know, government spaces, for example. But which, I would say it's regulated differently. Like, yeah. like it's not mm. regulated by coercion. Right, right. It's yes. not regulated by force or like, you know, punishment. Like these are, everyone understands that the guidelines are there to, so that everyone can feel safe. Yes. When they're, and when they're talking out, potentially painful things with potentially hurtful I mean like 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 traumatic things as well because these things do get brought up and of course even if you you if if you if you do have a trauma of bringing something up and you do bring it up like other people you know when they listen to you they might get triggered right yeah so you have all these safeguards in place and everyone understands that these safeguards are in place because of all these things like that is really what a safe space means Mm. you know but even then it's a safe space shouldn't prevent you from talking like sensitive things but again that's why you have content warnings so that you can pre- preempt people from 
like and and if you know if people really might be feeling queasy then then, then you just leave it mm-hmm. but most of the time people are also like uh, are willing to hear and they're okay mm-hmm. and uh, on that day so so it's and a lot of things get talked about and, and a lot about and a lot of like boundaries of knowledge are being pushed mm. yeah because there's so much lived experience knowledge that's uh-huh. coming out and everyone's learning from each other yeah. as well mm-hmm. so this very specific event with studio 0101 it's actually yeah this thing like it's it's, it's very unlike the normal sessions mm-hmm. like there's an event there's an like an actual event like previously we had um, we had invited guests from like organizations like Action for AIDS Singapore and then they came to talk about like con- con- contraception and and condoms and HIV testing, the HIV testing van, you know, and and also like you know how STIs actually get transmitted, you know, like probabilities, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. So this was also like within the kind of structure of the weekly sessions, mm-hmm. and it's not like it's publicized outside the Telegram group. Mm. So I think, like my opinion and. And of course, this is not representative of Dirty Freedom Bot's opinion. Um, is that, I mean, we had a handover at the start of this semester in August. And the new ones, well, um, I'm not sure why they decided to make it public, but they did. And this was a f- the first public event oh. that LTAS actually held. Hmm. Um, for whatever reason, it was, pub- it was publicized to the college la, and not just within the Telegram hmm. chat. So are future events going to not be public then? I mean... Or are, are you going to push forward? It's say? hard to say. Like, mm. I mean, for now, most of the subgroups are suspended. Mm. So, Sorry, just to clarify, when you say public, and then you said public within uh, to the college, it's still public within the college? Yeah, 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 sorry. When I mean public, I mean public within the college. Yeah, mostly. so not public-public, but not public, still public, just... Yeah. Not, uh, it's open to people who aren't members of the group. Yes. But who? But everyone has to be members of the college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So right. like your weekly events are within the Telegram group itself. So yeah. it's actually not public within right, the right. college. Mm-hmm. Right. And events were held within that kind of space. But now, like my juniors have kind of made it public to mm. the entire college. So so this was a kind of like a, a somewhat again it's a one off sort of event that was public in that sense. And I mean, mm. and who knew like. Like like the like the devil is working really fast. <laughs> like 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 it's quite stuck stuck because like I mean insider information is that. Yeah. So so that's the 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 saga. That's the controversy. But what's the personal toll that that's had on yourself and the rest of the organizers? I I mean. Because I mean I'd be mad as hell. <laughs> I, I was I mean yeah I was mad as hell, but I got tired. Mm-hmm. extremely tired because not that I was doing the, a lot of work either mm-hmm. but it was having an emotional toll on me as well like mm-hmm. I had to think about it yeah. and I had to look at the media cycle and uh, the media is the media is like I mean it's not even just the conservatives the media like I knew they were bad but I didn't know they were that bad <laughs> we are always surprised by the new lows but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like it's like both state and independent media that are absolute trash Mm. Like I'm, I'm like I'm so angry. Like, like, like my my stance, my personal stance on this is that it wouldn't have been as big if basically the media never reached out to us for information. Like mm. I don't even know how they reached out to us. Like why they thought this was a big thing because it's not. Like on the very first day, everything shot up to like 
the original petition had about shot up to 7,000, but then it slowed considerably. Mm. So, like, I felt like there wasn't actually a critical mass. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, it's like a semi-public petition, like, because of that. Like, and the, but like 7,000 petitioners is like, it's not really like, like, like mm. something that's very influentially public, mm-hmm. you know, like it's, and it could have died down, mm-hmm. but the media wanted to pick up on it. And we had to accede to them because we can't not accede to them. Like, so I, th- I think one, one question that, that can be posed to you uh, in your unique position is how do you deal with burnout? Because you're a young activist. This oh. is not exactly necessarily a paid um, job here, right? You're doing this pretty much out of um, the goodwill of your heart or, or based on mm. some personal necessity. How do you deal with the burnout? You're trying to do something good and then they're just idiots that are stepping uh, over honestly, everything. Honestly, I, I, I couldn't. Like, like I, I was so angry that these were adults and they just completely didn't realize that we are students mm-hmm. and we're not being paid to do this. Mm-hmm. And we're doing so much work, so much damage control that week. Mm-hmm. And there's not, it's not even just the damage control with regards to the media, etc. Right? Like the week after, which is like this week, we had to we have to do the review stuff because mm-hmm. we are being reviewed by, by like, I mean, I mean, I'm thinking it's the NUS upper management who told the college that, you know, they have to review us. So, yeah, I mean, we're being reviewed and we have to do the paperwork for that review. Mm. Although, that was quite fun. <laughs> I mean, like, 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 because like, there was- I've never heard paperwork and fun <laughs> used in the same sentence. Oh no, it's like, it was- for you. It was fun for me because like, 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 it was, it was like, there's an academic aspect to it. Like mm-hmm. basically, like there's this argument where basically we are not educational enough or like we are not, yeah, like like this is not an academic kind of thing that we are doing right in T Freedom and LTAS so, or like any of the other subgroups. So what me, what me <laughs> and my senior did was to... It's very uniquely anyway. Yeah, yeah, problem. like, 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 <clears throat> like, so cool. okay, so we have to justify that we are educational, right? So hmm. okay, I'll just put in all all the all the academic texts that I know and I can reference and blah blah blah. So I just added all like my personal research kind of text regarding <laughs> feminism, regarding like leftism, etc. 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 And and yeah, and then I use that to justify like the events and that kind of thing. Mm. Like and there were so many references in that one document, like like if we actually had those texts, like if we have a we would have a great library of, of like wonderful feminists and very niche kind of leftist texts and, and, and that sort of thing. No, <laughs> I hope you don't scare them into banning you because you're too feminist and too leftist and too radical. Is it really? I mean but I mean well, too- I mean it's not, we know it's not. But we also know, you know, as someone who's been a former employee of NUS, the there's a reactionary elements which respond very strongly to certain triggers. Mm. <laughs> but I mean, they have to read first, right? <laughs> like, 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 honestly, and like, do they even understand what they're seeing? Right, right. As well. So, so like, but of course, like, like, I mean, the review process itself is also like taking a toll uh, because, mm. you know, we, yeah. we could use that time to do our homework. I mean, damage control as well. Like we could have used that time to do homework. Like mm-hmm. I am, I was almost behind like my readings, and it was very stressful. Like I had to take time out just to like, be to to chat with the the committee, to chat with the college fellows, 
on like how we are supposed to you know mitigate this solution this this situation mm-hmm. yeah and it's just uh, and my juniors did so much work as well my seniors and juniors in the community both did so much work I did some work but it's just been very tiring and I have six modules wow okay like <laughs> five is five is co- five modules is considered a normal work okay, lo- okay. workload in mm-hmm. NUS I'm taking six it's wow. technically a normal workload as well it's just that it's a bit overloading yeah yeah so I'm, I was just hella stressed yeah <laughs> like, it's um, unfortunately a microcosm of Singapore at large right because activism in Singapore at large is also you know how they stop you is very bureaucratic as well mm. right you you want to have a, a protest? Well, of course, but fill out these forms. Uh, you know, and you need to apply for these permits, and then uh, even if they give you the permit, oh, you you need to take care of all these factors: security, safety, right? You need to pay for this, pay for that. You need to jump through these hoops, think mm. about this, and the next thing you know, you know, you you're exhausted from the paperwork, and you've had to spend so much money just doing a s- simple event not even a protest but a cause-based event you know and uh, that's, yeah, and that's event, how they stop you with the bureaucratic mm, state is very good at that mm. and yeah and this event was like it was, so, it was on zoom and <laughs> it's not like people are going to tie each other up or anything like it was just really also them sharing their lived experiences with that kind of art mm-hmm. and, and culture in, in, in like in like bondage and yeah in BDSM culture basically mm. but of course theirs is more specific to role play and and it's just really meant to be educational. Uh, it's actually educational, mm. right? Mm. But also like like I feel, I felt I also felt that the whole outreach happened because of a misunderstanding of what BDSM culture actually entails, mm-hmm. and what people don't know about BDSM culture. Not that I'm in it, mm-hmm. like like in the in the, in the community in Singapore, but I I do know like from a lot of friends like and they have told me about it and the processes and that sort of thing and it's actually pretty much like the processes of let's talk about sex mm. like and it's even more than the processes of let's talk about sex like you mean in like, terms of being bureaucratic red, and regulated like, like red tape yeah. red tape yeah like it's, it's, it's really a red tape kind of like community and culture you know like that is like guidelines you know everything has to be mutually consented like you cannot you have to do everything within whatever you have agreed with the partner or partners that you are conducting your activities with and it's and 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 that's the ironic thing because when i'm in my respect and consent workshops right like right after the monica based saga nus instituted this whole respect and consent workshop thing and within the college we basically discuss it among like our house communities yeah because we have a house system, right? So it's within our house communities and like a fellow will kind of, um, uh, a fellow will kind of mediate the session. Mm. Yeah. And the- okay. So after the Monica Bay situation, uh, what changed in NUS? Huh? Nothing. Uh. I mean, oh, okay. aside, aside, aside from, aside from the, the, I mean, like, like, I mean, I had to do like, like, like the, I, I mean, nothing in the sense of like the structure, the, the kind of general structures mm-hmm. that are in place that actually cause all of these mm-hmm. things because this is, I mean, again, these structures are not, isolated to NUS mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. like the whole world the whole society this mm-hmm. whole entire place. yeah now now we just had one case coming yeah. from uh, NTU so I think it's 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 definitely a a broader problem that affects society in general but I mean of course it's a broad, broad broader problem but mm-hmm. you know NUS is being made the, the scapegoat mm. in, in these cases like like 
So, I mean, before I forget, we have mm. to, <laughs> we just went into like uh, NUS and, mm. and Monica Bay without even sort of referencing that you're, you're part of uh, safe, safe NUS or so oh, yeah, safer NUS. NUS yes. so, so tell us about your role there. What do you do there? How has the experience been? Okay, I did want to I did want to kind of clarify that I mean structure wise in, in society nothing has changed, but mm-hmm. there is the appearance of safe NUS, which is a different thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so Students for Safer NUS was founded by me and three of my other friends. Okay, and it was originally founded right after the Monica Bay like like saga with the town hall and everything because everyone left the town hall really angry. Mm-hmm. Because the town hall after the saga, like that was the point where we knew that the NUS administration had no idea how to deal with such cases. So, so what are some, what would the, what clued you into their cluelessness? Like why, yeah, yeah. Like why did you feel like they had no capacity or ability to deal with this situation? Because they made a big show of like, we're going to change things. I mean, my theory is that they were basically built to not, account for these things. Okay. The, the, the very structure prevents them actually from even approaching the situation. Like mm-hmm. it, it's, it's just not their purpose. Their purpose is to make money. For goodness sake, to make money out of students and their faculty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like, it's, like it's not meant to, to be a safe community in that sense. I mean, that would be a, because of that structure, that would be a subsidiary thing, but, but it's, not, it's not built into it, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not something that was this built in the design of like the only if it threatens our financial interests. Yes. Yeah. Precisely. So and that's why students for safer NUS is one of the alternatives. Uh. Mm-hmm. I mean we definitely don't claim any kind of authorial kind of authority or like as an alternative. Like we it was always meant to be a movement to build more movements. Okay. So and what is what is it that you that students for safer NUS does? So we we basically have a lot of we have we have six pillars mm-hmm. in our in, in the co- in the committee and and they they focus on things like research uh, literacy I I mean I'm the co team leader of the literacy segment mm-hmm. the literacy team and there's like um support mm-hmm. where they are setting up a warm line mm-hmm. for like survivors mm-hmm. of like sexual violence. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's also like outreach, which does like intra-university kind of like reaching out. I mean, they're the ones. They're the ones who do the the. If if you follow the Safe NUS Instagram and Facebook, you would see most of their posts are from outreach, mm-hmm. where they will condense information from like various um sources that talk about sexual violence. Yeah, and there's also like partnerships, which is not the in. Like if I'll reach the intra kind of uh, publicity mm-hmm. kind of thing, then partnerships is the the inter and like the like outside the university, mm. and and they're the ones who like collaborate with aware or any kind of external groups that want to collaborate with us and that sort of thing, and and of course we have like one more that is for like for administration lah, mm-hmm. yeah, which is a. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the name for it, but yeah, it's basically the administrative team as well mm-hmm. so that they can account they can account for like memberships and and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so each of these groups, like each of these teams within Safe and US have a part to play. Mm-hmm. And most of it is geared towards building the community, building a support system. Mm-hmm. And all of it is like grassroots. Lah. Yeah. 
So how has that been uh, working with uh, Students for Safer NUS? Because from my personal experience, reading the mm. horror story comments <laughs> on the on, on, on the internet or on social media, mm. uh, there are a lot of people who believe that it's just a bunch of weirdos, you know, deviants that that they're just happen to be um, into spying on people and it's not it's not the structural issues it's not NUS's fault it's just ah look at these look at these guys it's just them so how how has that been you know working with with, with the institution oh as in safe NUS working in the institution yeah um, okay um, okay so that's the thing about safe NUS we are not an official student group mm-hmm like is that we, deliberate? Is that something that... Somewhat deliberate. It's mm-hmm. also because our committee hasn't decided upon whether we should be an official group. Mm-hmm. But, and, and, and in our next big meeting, basically, we will have to decide this. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but basically, there is also a purpose in not being official. Like, like the founders, like me and, me and Carissa and Luke and Reina, it was always intended to be a ground-up movement. Mm-hmm. And as a ground-up movement, you don't have to be official. In fact, if you, are, if you do go the official path, you'll be constrained by the university. And that's a very clear thing. Like, if you, get, if you sign up under, you know, the Office of Student Affairs as a student group, you have to listen to them, like, talk to you, basically. And, like, their, their, their particular guidelines or how, you can, how you're supposed to operate. And so there are pros and cons of being an official part of NUS. Like, I mean, obviously, you also... You might get access to budget and like the end, but also actually, actually no, you don't. But you might get access to like the kind of like intra-university communications platforms that no one actually uses, <laughs> like NUS Sync, and a, and a kind of like intra-university, yeah, like like where people like it's just administrative like platforms are, mm. and you get access to them, no. But otherwise, like it's not much benefits. <laughs> so there's so much more benefits being like an autonomous grassroots kind of student organization. But we are quasi-official mm-hmm. because we are, have, we, we, we are in a kind of official partnership with the Victim Care Unit, which is one of mm. the, the NUS institutions that was set up in lieu of the saga, I mean, after the saga. And, and as, safe, as the founder, right, like, my personal opinion is that, yeah, like, safe NUS was always meant to be complementary never meant to be under anything mm. because the moment you're under the university you have to listen to them and you can't do your own thing mm. and you can't go for what you want and you have basically diminished power la. Mm-hmm. and co- co-optation becomes an extremely real 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 thing that real danger mm. yeah because and, 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 and that's why we are not actually under BCU either mm. like we could be in, like via OSA and blah 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 whatever kind of process we could be under VCU but we are not like we are in partnership and partnership is very important because because being in partnership is better than being under someone mm. yeah yeah and yeah so tell us about your work with uh, trans and US <laughs> it's oh, okay. trans really and just going through the list yeah <laughs> but yes trans and US the last big group that you okay I mean it's uh, not a big with. group it's, mm. a, it's actually a very small group and it's actually not meant to be a high key thing but mm. um, well, I guess within the new narrative com- community I mean I can definitely talk about trans and US right like um, I mean we did have plans to go to Ping Dot but well it went online so mm. we 
we actually wanted like a physical booth because normally in Pink Dot you have physical booths, right? Yeah. Um, so that we could source out for like transgender or non-binaries or questioning students in like who could be our potential like students that are coming in. And and the thing is that um yeah, Transgenius is really just, I mean, so I'm also a founder of it. I'm still the executive director. Um, it's not been very active, but uh, it's it's just meant to be a, it's, it's, it's entire existence is within a Telegram group. Yeah, and not no and oh and a and a Gmail mm-hmm. <laughs> account, but not that it, we have like an, anything to publicize that account. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so, also so, like yeah. So what is the what is the work that that trans trans and US does? Okay, so um, the the biggest thing we did in trans and US was to do like focus group discussions mm-hmm. on like live experiences of our members, and we basically compiled it into a report, and this was in like. This was after Monica Bay as well because the Monica Bay saga had repercussions on NUS policy. Hmm. Like, you know, like like um cut access bathroom locks and that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, so obviously that's a gender thing, right? Mm. Like like that's a trans thing to, to worry about because yeah, basically they're gonna give you cut they might potentially give you cut access based to, to, to a toilet that you you're not gonna use. Mm. And they're gonna block mm. you from like from like the toilets that you are using. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's a thing, and and so like it, it just ripples are uh, like 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 um it kind of happened like this crisis happened, and so we all mobilized. I mean, it's it's meant to be, uh, functioning as a union of some sorts mm-hmm. as well. Um, I'm not gonna be <laughs> secret about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, like again, a grassroots kind of student-run union mm-hmm. for trans and non-binary students. Um, but yeah, like, um, and then we compiled all these things in the report and then we kind of split the report into different sections mm-hmm. regarding, uh, like things like orientation games, you know, like live experiences, of orientation games and like, uh, the university healthcare system and, and all these topics that concern like trans, trans people and like non-binary people in general. Mm-hmm. And so, and so we, we also have like recommendations mm-hmm. in the report. From, from from these like like live experiences mm-hmm. and, and that kind of thing. And then we just send it to NUS lah. Mm-hmm. So So you're you're so so you you've been doing work with T Freedom, Safe NUS, Trans mm-hmm. NUS, and I think the benefit that that's been to the students and to the student community at NUS mm-hmm. is immeasurable. But do you get a sense that you are penetrating the structure or the system? Do you feel like there are kind of administrative or systemic changes that that maybe they are listening a little bit, that they are they are making certain changes in the right direction? Mm, I mean, that, that, would be, that would be, I mean, my reply to that would be that they can listen. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, anyone can listen. Yes. And, and anyone can listen completely, mm. but not do anything. Okay. And this is something that's very important. Someone can listen, but mm. they just don't do anything. Like, just listen only. I like that very yeah. good diplomatic answer. So that singled no one out. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you so much. Okay, but but yeah, that's the thing. Like, I mean, my experience in trans and US is one of failure. Hmm. Actually, like I mean, safe and US is a bit different because we are doing so many things. And trans and US, we did that one big thing, but it was. I mean, I I won't be shy about it. It was a failure because we sent it to the. To the, to the old like the dean the, I mean back then the old dean of students was handing over to the new dean of students mm-hmm. 
And so we met both of them and like the university campus infrastructure like hit or something. I, don't, I can't remember their position. And basically, apparently we were the last people to be consulted with mm. with regards to like bathroom issues. Like they were going to institute the whole like, um, like bathroom locks thing, right? Mm-hmm. Afterwards. Okay, I mean, what I realized is that I, I, I'm not sure if there were bath, like cut access bathroom locks are implemented. They might have been implemented in some spaces, but not all of them. Mm. Because my college was just like, like number, mechanical number locks on the, on the, on the bathroom doors or like all bathrooms. So it's, yeah, like I, I, I'm not sure, but, but basically we were the last group that they consulted and, and that's the thing about the NUS upper management. Like, like my personal opinion is that, you know, they just, they have decided everything already. Hmm. <laughs> and consulting is just, it's not really a consultation. It's just like, they're just there to tell you what they're going to do. Right. Mm. Yeah. Again, uh, a microcosm of Singapore at large. Yes, precisely. Mm. So, so everything has been decided already and this is, and, and, and we technically don't have a say. Lah. And what, although it was like, basically we just, they just wouldn't let us, like we have recommendations on like certain policies and infrastructural changes that they could do. And they're just like, you know, we have our limits and there's parents. <laughs> It's always the parents. Always hmm. the parents. Like, <laughs> like, 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 and like in the capacity of transness, like, I, I, I like, I did. It's not, it wasn't just in the capacity of transness, but I met like the upper management. Mm-hmm. There were like, there was a there was a Q town kind of meeting as well, and that was the same thing basically. Like, they had already decided what they wanted to do, and, but but the one thing that they like to say is that, okay, you come up with the data. And oh, you did. You had a report. Didn't you? You gave them a report with data. And what, they didn't like the data? I mean, I guess that, that just wasn't enough data. I, I don't know if, there was, if it was but not. What, what do they mean, give us the data? Okay, like, I mean, for the transfers, they didn't say give us data, but mm-hmm. because they already decided. And right. they just told us like, oh, like we have our limits and there's parents. But in like other meetings, it's like, they're like, oh, okay, you should, you, you give us the data and you'll see what I can do. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing, like we are students. And we have no research grant and we have no nothing. Like, yeah. how are we supposed to give you data? You know, like, and, and even if we tried our very best to have research and we go and do surveys and stuff, like, <laughs> mm. we would just be burnt out by the end of it. Like, and, and, mm. and in the end, it has to go through like bureaucratic controls and stuff like that, as usual. And nothing like, and again, nothing will come out of it like, because. The bureaucracy will just like lead right. it into a dead end. But it's also a specific attitude, right? That uh, in order to justify treating one or two or three yes. people with dignity and respect, you need to somehow gather enough data to justify, um, you know, broader support within the community or, or do... Uh, you know, like uh, yeah. efficiency studies or so, something like that, yeah, right? You, you can't quantify treating people with respect and di- dignity. Yeah. You, you can't. It's, Precisely. It, yeah. Like, like it's, it's, it's mostly live experiences. And, okay, but that I there is one good thing that came out of it, which is um, they do have this module that also appeared after everything has happened, which is something called CTP-CLC. I can't remember what it stands for, but basically it's like a kind of it's like it's like a it's like a Europe like uh, undergraduate research project kind of thing. Yeah, but it's 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 very much on like the community in NUS and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, 
they do have the avenue. And of course, some of... So they opened an avenue for, I guess, students to do a research project yeah. on issues. On, on of these gender? issues. Yeah. Oh, on, on these, these issues. issues. So, so there is that one good thing about this. So, in and this was after the Monica Bay saga and all of the yeah, town yeah, halls yeah. and the yeah, pushing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And like after like transness has met with the administration, like, yeah, that's, I mean, that's the one good thing that came out of it, but it's... So were you yeah. consulted in the implementation of this research project or no. did they just, they just no, dropped no, it? No, no um, but, but of course, like, the the students doing the project they they do come to us to mm. consult la, of course okay. like 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 but on the module itself mm-hmm. well no right. <laughs> definitely yeah. not yeah but whatever research projects the students are doing they, I mean they eventually they reached out to us la, because they were doing on transgender students mm. yeah so like yeah yeah sounds like there's a really nice network of activism and student involvement going on there. So, I mean, on the positive side, we can, you know, rant about the administration, but it does seem like there is a very nice, non-hierarchical system of student involvement going on at NUS. So, I mean, that's amazing that you're a very core part of that. I mean, there's a history. Um, And actually, if you know the student organization CAPE, right? Mm -hmm. Um, They are working on an archive of that sort of, like, student movement history in the past like five years mm-hmm. and like 10 years, five, 10 years, yeah. And, and of course, from what I know from my seniors, like, 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 like they, they are also involved in the very early events and, and a lot has changed in five years actually. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's an off, like, I mean, everything is still awful, but, but the students are, are, are moving mm-hmm. and the students are doing a lot of things mm-hmm. and they're still doing a lot of things. Uh, although there are handover issues la, a lot of times, but but I mean handover is always an issue la, But sustainability is always a challenge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, but for now, yeah, the momentum seems pretty good actually, especially with Safe NUS and yeah, like like the momentum is actually very good. And I I mean again we are helped by our size la, Like I mean, the only reason why all these groups are so close to each other because NUS is really very small. <laughs> And I think yeah. also, you know, the you occupy a very interesting space in Singapore mm. because you have the freedom to advocate for an issue mm. which the government itself has abdicated a lot of leadership on by saying that we live and let live, right? Mm-hmm. And to trying to play it both ways, you know, eat their cake and have it. Um, and so you actually are in some ways fortunate that there is no strong directive from the the leadership of the country as a whole, as opposed to say if you were a, yeah. a, a race-based organization mm-hmm. trying to advocate for a different understanding or view of treatment or treatment of race mm-hmm. in Singapore, right? You, you, you'd be squashed flat very rapidly, oh, yeah. I think. Yeah, because the government actually has a position on that Very but the thing position. is that on gender it's a bit harder and they don't necessarily have especially on things like sexual violence yeah they, they, they basically it doesn't it, they're not built to account for that basically mm-hmm. like as far reaching as they are as, 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 as the government is there are a lot of things where they a lot of spaces and topics and issues that they just don't have their hands in mm-hmm. and when they don't have their hands into that then that is where it is a good thing and it's an opportunistic thing and it's a strategic thing to fill up that space because no one has no one is filling up that space and so and so would you rather the government fill up that space like 
like in time like like you might as well like grab that space and, yeah yeah and especially and again like the NUS administration is not built to account for sexual violence and stuff like that so that vacuum has been there for safe NUS to and other movements that might come out of safe NUS to to occupy yeah. and it's mm. a good thing because because it will be grassroots movements and 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 they won't be and there's a Leninist concept <laughs> There's a Leninist concept called dual power. Okay, I'm not applying it very correctly, but basically, dual power is more or less something like, y- y- like, if there's something that the state can't do, right, then you sh- you should have like you can have the opportunity to, to create an institution, that will have that power to like, account for that, and in that sense, as long as they don't subsume themselves under the government, right. Mm. I get co-opted, right? They can be an on an equal level of power as with like the government. So this is a mm. sort of a more an ideal for how things should be run. I mean, yes. In a, in a, I mean, usually the consequence of dual power is that basically these institutions will eventually dual power like the state. Okay. So it's like basically we'll how dual Lenin, power the state. What is like that? like basically it's it's like it's like how. I think it's how Lenin accounts for like the the gradual transition away from the state mm-hmm. to like a socialist kind of society. Mm-hmm. Like eventually he will get rid of the state. Mm-hmm. So because like the state fails to 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 address the needs of the people. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, NUS in this case, NUS fails to address the needs in terms of like sexual violence. So you have this grassroots movement like like union that goes and and stands in a kind of like position of power la, and right. that is contested with with like the administration la, the old, mm. old administration and so I mean that's the point of a, a union right yes like, like like and in a sense there's that possibility where you can just literally take over <laughs> because because the old establishment is so incompetent right but it needs a critical mass la. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like 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 but but that's but again, this is why mm. we are in partnership. Mm. Because mm. the more you, you don't get co-opted, the more you get co-opted, you can't demand. Mm. Yeah, you you, you yeah. have to be in a you have to be outside the administration to, to contest it. it and yeah. contest yes. it. Yes. So yeah. it sounds like you've got your strategy quite figured out. I think that makes. I mean, it's not just sense. my strategy. Mm. It's my it's it's our strategy with with the founders and all of that. Like like like. We, we we read stuff <laughs> and and so Lenin is surprisingly relevant to Singapore given that the mm. PAP is organized on Leninist lines yes and our economy evolved uh, as a colonial economy um, on on the lines that Lenin predicted in mm. his book imperialism the mm. highest form of capitalism so uh, you know, I mean very smart man Lenin and oh he's very smart very yeah smart. surprisingly and relevant honestly, to today like I mean, a reading of that, right, of Lenin would be that, you know, eventually your state has to wither away <laughs> and be replaced by, like, like your, your workers' councils and stuff like that. Like, I mean, that's a reading. La. Yeah. And well, we live in a very interesting time where, you know, this is a theme that I've, I've been talking about, uh, the sort of three major ideological consensus um, have, uh, are are being discredited, mm. right? We have capitalism, we have liberal <laughs> democracy, and we have nationalism. And all three have become very problematic in different ways and need reform to different degrees. And so we live in an exciting time mm. where 
we actually get to participate in the redefinition and reformation of the fundamental ideologies that have guided our society for the past 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, someone uh, like yourself, mm-hmm. who's actually um, participating mm-hmm. in this process and mm-hmm. trying to build a new, a better, different world, you know, the... You, you, you're very much part of the, the vanguard to use another, <laughs> you know, Leninist term. And, I mean, uh, yeah, you, you know, this is a very exciting time too. Mm. And, and you're going to be leading change. So I'm very excited for what you're going to, to do in the future, Loon, with all this experience that you have and what, you know. Thank you so yeah. much. Like, I, I don't know whether I'll be leading because, you know, like, like, I mean, I present myself as like, you know, like, anarcho-communist right so like I, I would say that that everyone can lead in their own way mm. and and we don't need to have a leader at the top you know mm. everyone mm. has like like my source has this idea that what if we took the vanguard party and that we re- we put it down to the individual <laughs> like instead of having a, a a party that that protects the rights of like your workers and everyone and that ensures a transition to socialism, you have the vanguard absorbed into the individual, every single individual. Everyone's their own vanguard. And and in that kind of interactions they can they can form communities. But you know, they're also like self like there's a community thing, but there's also like an individual thing as well. Mm. And like you're you're still being you're, you still can exercise your powers in the, as mm-hmm. an individual while exercising power within your communities. Yeah, I suppose yeah. we've reached a stage in, in our societies where, well, theoretically, you think that everyone is educated enough, mm. right? Lenin worked in a, in a, a rural peasant-based mm. uh, economy, but we are supposed to be in an information-based service economy. And mm. so theoretically, that could be possible. Whether it is or not, I don't know, but I... Um, I think we're out of time, so I'm going to just wrap up by saying, Loon, I really respect your courage, your activism, and what, what you're doing, and I wish you all the best. And, uh, you know, I, 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 mm. I'm really eager to see what you do in the future. No, I'm eager to see what everyone here is doing in the future. Like, Sean is doing some work as well, and you, are, you have been doing so much work, but I oh, wouldn't thanks. say I'm courageous. Like, a lot of these things are done because of my position like I don't exactly have a choice mm-hmm. you know like like if I don't do this like it's as good as looking at my friends get hurt mm-hmm. it's as good as just letting things be and and I will get hurt too you know if I don't do this so it's not just myself but it's also like the people around me and it's not exactly I mean it's some of a choice I do have a choice like I could get out of it but but why would I, you know, like, mm. like, and I wouldn't say I'm very brave because these are things that need to be done. This is the task. Like, 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 the, like, I mean, in, in feminism, like, you know, like the feminist writer, Sarah Ahmed, like she calls feminism as the task ahead. Like, mm. like it's, it's a difficult thing. It's an arduous thing and, but it has to be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like oh, it has to be done. Yeah. Well, and on that note, thank you very much, Luden. Yep, thanks so much thank for joining us. <laughs> thank you, everyone. And thank you very much to my co-host, Sean. Yeah, that was great. Great job hosting. <laughs> uh, great, great, great job with all the questions. And thank you to all of you tuning yes. in. Uh, and do check out newnarrative.com for more wonderful stories from around Southeast Asia. And that was Loon Lo and Sean Francis Han. My thanks to them. 
Check out the show notes for more links and information. And be sure also to check out Southeast Asia Dispatches, our other podcast series bringing you news, interviews and commentary from around Southeast Asia. This is PJ Thumb wishing all of you a great week ahead.